Good morning, everybody. Good morning, and God bless you. Now, I have my phone here because I am checking on that chat room, and I'm missing everybody, so I just want to give a shout out to all of our Bridge family, and especially to those who are in the chat this morning, Alan and Grace and Don Lee and uh, Mr. Dave. Um, just thank you guys for uh, being here right now so that we can worship. I know so many folks are joining us who aren't even in the chat room right now, but we might have some fun with this chat. I mean, it's Labor Day weekend. We might have some fun with this really today. Yeah, Grace, I'm with you. I'm excited for everything that God is doing too. And uh, I just, wow, I should just get going. I'm looking at the clock. <laughs> I should just get going. Uh, but if we have not met yet, my name is Dennis, and I get to serve as lead pastor in this awesome move of God's Spirit called the Bridge Church. And uh, like Jillian mentioned, we're going to hop into Matthew 5, but I want to do some things real quick. I want to just give a shout out and thank God for our teaching team who served. I mean, I was blessed by each message. Don't divorce on a whim. Sowing your, sowing your wild oaths, O-A-T-H-S, and an eye for an eye. I'm telling you, if you miss any of those messages, or maybe you only heard them once, I would encourage you to go back and listen again and share those videos. They are so helpful and so timely. I love how the Lord just positioned us in the right time that his word would have even more punch. You know, it's always good when, when you hear a word that actually you can see the context of it and go, oh, this fits for what is happening right now. So uh, I encourage you to do that. And just thanks again for uh, our teaching team. Um, I'm stoked about this upcoming weekend. If you're well, we're going to be doing it social distance style. So uh, please make plans to be with us and to RSVP for that Friday night game night, Saturday outdoor worship party, um, water baptism and child dedication. And you know what, too, on this upcoming Saturday, if you haven't heard yet, we are going to be singing. It's like an anniversary song. You can think of it like that, but it's called Never Lost. And if you are on our e-newsletter, then you probably got an email. But if you didn't, you can click that description box below and listen to that song and let it bless you. Let's learn that song together. It's going to be one of the songs we're singing to celebrate, to commemorate the faithfulness of God, the victory of God, the victory of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And so I'm I'm really excited about that. And um, and if you and if you can, if you have kiddos or if you're learning the course, just shoot, shoot us a video or something and let us know how learning that is going. What scriptures and stories uh, from the Bible are coming to mind? What testimonies of God's faithfulness are being stirred up in you? And we're going to talk more about that. But I look forward to hearing from you about that and getting to sing God to sing to God together with that because he has never lost a battle. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I know that's a timely word. So if you if you're if you are tempted to give up or throw in the towel, please make sure you're doing everything that you can to surround yourself in the faithfulness of God, in the goodness of God. And I believe songs like that, that that will help us. And lastly, lastly, um, this is going to be what we do today a completion of Matthew 5, the entire chapter. And, you know, I kind of geek out about this stuff, but this is a significant uh, accomplishment for us. This is the first chapter 
of our Bridge Church history that we have preached all the way through from verse one all the way through verse 48. And so I'm, I'm really excited about that and more about that to come. And there's advantages when you teach through the scripture because then you don't pick and choose. You're like, no, deal with it. Talk about what's in the scripture and stop picking and choosing. What? Oh, everybody's feet will get stepped on when you just preach all the way through it. Not that we want our feet to be stepped on, but sometimes if you can't say amen, just say ouch. You know what I'm saying? But it's that kind of leadership that builds character and fortitude so that we can follow Jesus in a way that pleases him and gives glory to him. So I'm super excited about that. And of course, we have more coming. And I wanted to ask you, if we did a Matthew 5 quiz today, if we did a pop quiz, how well do you think you would do? How well do you think you would do on that Matthew 5 quiz? Because, I mean, it's staple. It's a, it's a, it's a staple for living a life of faith for walking in God's kingdom. As many of you know, that's Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, if, you, if you're watching today, if you're new to bridge or you're just new to bridge or new to faith or understanding things, and you want to know what does a Christian, what does a Christian look like? What is the behavior? What is the conduct? You can go to Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and hear from Jesus directly about what it means and what it looks like to walk as a Christian, where you live, work, learn, and play. And I just, I mean, I'm just so thankful the Lord led us in there. I'm just checking in right here. Oh my goodness, I see Dale in the chat box. Andrea B leading that growth group. That's awesome. Y'all are going to help me preach this morning, I can tell. Y'all are going to help me preach this morning. Okay, that's not going to be a distraction. It's just us talking, y'all. We don't, we, don't we don't have to be too formal. It's just us, okay? Um... So I'm super excited about that. And just go through and look through all your notes. Now, we have some exceptional note takers at the bridge. I mean, we have some exceptional note, note takers. But as you are um, journaling today, as you are taking notes about, OK, I need to dig some more into that. I need to check out that footnote. I need to do that. Why don't you set a time to go back and look through all of your Matthew 5 notes and just kind of quiz yourself a little bit? Just kind of quiz yourself a little bit. Um, and we can talk more talk more about that too. Then lastly, before we read the actual text, what we're reading today is, is, is so closely related to what we discussed. The Lord placed, uh, uh, gave us a word about a hostile takeover. He gave us a word about a hostile takeover out, out of Matthew 5, where he was warning us and telling us, don't let your anger lead you into actions that glorify the enemy. Because of the pressure of the pandemic, the, the pressure of partisanship wars, the pressure of the, all the racial stuff, with, with the times we're in, there's so much pressure on every side. And the enemy is just waiting. The scripture says crouching like a roaring lion. It says sin is crouching at the door, just waiting for you. Don't, when you get angry, don't let your anger go to the enemy. You do what God gives us to do. You take that anger and you say, God, we got some things to talk about. <laughs> but be careful of that hostile takeover. And all the more as we're approaching the end of this year. Many of you, this is resonating with you because you have already lost your cool. You have already popped off at somebody one way or another. And you're like, wow. So just watch out for that, because what the enemy wants to do is to cause us, as we saw in the text, to have our anger be transferred into actions 
motivated by the spirit of murder. So just watch that word. And I, and I, I don't want any of us to no headlines. <laughs> okay. <laughs> amen. Somebody can put an amen in that chat room. Amen. I got an amen in the room. That'll help me. Oh, I see the labels are joining in this morning. Oh, God bless you, labels. Okay, y'all. With that, let's get to reading the text, Matthew 5, 43 through 48. And, you know, I've been reading out of the ESV. If you got your, however you're doing your paper Bible, however you're doing it. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Okay, y'all stay with me, okay? Because I, I, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot in that passage. Because some of you are thinking, did Jesus really say that? Yeah, he did. Inspired by the Holy Spirit, Matthew recorded this awesome message, this moment in Jesus' life that was repeated multiple times, but we're, we get to read the fullness of it in, in, in Matthew, and specifically in Matthew 5, where Jesus said, love your enemies. Pastor, did Je had Jesus lost his mind? Is this for real? Is this one of those metaphors? It, it, is he serious? He can't be serious. I know. That's why we're going to pray into this thing some more, because some of you are just like, a lot of this stuff Jesus said, I can get with it, but this right here. I almost wanted to subtitle the message. You know you a Christian when you love your enemies. Just as a way to really highlight how easy it can be to say, well, I'm going to follow God like this. I'm going to follow God like this. I'm going to follow God like that. I'm going to follow him like this. But love your enemies. Who? Oh, no, he didn't mean that. So I want to join together in a spirit of prayer. Let's call on the Lord together. Holy Spirit, thank you for your help today. You are our great helper. Hey, we can't love God. We can't love self. We can't live, love others. Without your help, we can't do it. Without your help. Lord, help me say and help us hear what you want us to. Right now, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Let's, let's talk this, let's talk about this, y'all. Let's, let's talk this through. Let's talk this through. Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Now, when we see that you have heard it said, we know that's the you. That's the, the, the plural you. 
That's the plural you, like you all, or, or, or like we say in Texas and many other states, in Louisiana, I got some Louisiana folks, come on, whoop, whoop, Louisiana, we, y'all. <laughs> Jesus is saying, y'all have heard. Y'all have heard because not only is he talking to the individual, but he's talking collectively. When we go back up at the top of this account in Jesus's life with the disciples, we say it, it, it tells us that seeing the what crowds, he saw crowds, seeing the crowds, seeing the crowds. He went up on the mountain and when he sat down, his disciples came to him and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then he goes on to list out all this kingdom attributes, how to be in the kingdom. But he's not talking to one. He's talking to many. He's talking to those followers and he's talking to those folks who have gathered around because Jesus was effective in bringing solutions. So his fame picked up and everywhere Jesus was going, crowds began to follow him because they say he's not just words, but he's action. He delivers. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Lord. Deliver. Ooh, thank you, Lord. So he's talking to the plural you. He's talking to y'all. Y'all, that's how I would say, y'all. And he says something so interesting. If, if you're joining us for the first time and you're not as familiar with this passage of scripture or this chapter, a lot of the preaching points Jesus uses in this part of his sermon have to do with, you have heard it said. Y'all have heard that it was said, but I say to you. Y'all have heard it said, but I say to you. Y'all have heard it said, but I say to you. Why? Because they had stinking thinking, their theology was off, their teaching was off, and Jesus came to correct their thinking so they could understand the heart of God. Because if you think wrong about God, that's going to really mess up a faith walk. It's going to mess up how you view God. It's going to mess up how you treat your family, how you treat your co-workers. And so Jesus said, I got to come and set the record straight. You have heard it said and you have misunderstood. But now I say to you what the intention of the Old Testament of the scripture actually is. He said, I got to clear this up. I have to clear this up. And in this moment, he says, you have heard it said, but I say to you, uh, you have heard it said. But I say to you, that was the premise. But specifically, they had heard a conversation about uh, written text about loving God. And they came to this conclusion. Take a look at Leviticus 19.18. Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. I am the Lord. See, notice how it says you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But somehow in their thinking, in their theology, in their teaching, in their verbal tradition, this statement became to them that was written. It became. Love your neighbor, hate your enemy. That was their logical conclusion. They said, well, if the scripture said love your enemy. The logical conclusion, Jesus is like, no, no, friends. <laughs> and for those of you who appreciate nuance, you know that this, this particular time where Jesus is quoting what they're saying is unlike the other times because the other times he says, you shall not commit adultery, which is plainly what the scripture says. But this one, the Old Testament doesn't say it anywhere, but they had thought they knew something. And let, let me say it this way. Have you ever played or heard of that game called Telephone? And if you, if, you, if you haven't heard of that game, you just you, 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 you get a line of people and you can say the simplest sentence 
And after you whisper it in that person's ear and it travels all the way around the circle and then you ask the person, okay, what was the message? They say something almost, that's com almost completely different than what the intentional or original message was. And I want to submit to you that Jesus came so that he could correct that bad game of telephone. Because after a while, if you keep saying something over and over and over and over again, do you know people believe it? That's why the lies are so dangerous. When we repeat a lie over and over and over again, people say it's the truth and it ain't the truth. That's why the teaching of the word is so important. Amen. I feel help in here. Rachel, I'm feeling good. <laughs> and so Jesus is saying, I have got to address this because if you believe the lie, you're going to fail. You're going to miss God's heart. You're not going to walk in the fullness of what God has for you. We just rebuke lies. Holy Spirit, give us eyes to see the lies that we believe. Correct them by your spirit even now in every area of our life. My goodness. I better not stay on that point too long. I'm thinking about it, though. <laughs> you have heard it said, you should love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Then verse 44, but I say to you, but I say to you, but I say to you, Jesus. Jesus says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. <laughs> oh, anybody have any enemies? It's kind of a weird, it's kind of like an awkward thing in some way to just talk about. You, you can approach it more uh, rhetorically if you want to and just answer it within, you know, it's like who wants, you know. Anybody have any enemies? The text is implying automatically that enemies will come. that to live on the planet would mean at some point or another, we would run across an enemy. We might see someone as an enemy. We might be viewed as an enemy, but Jesus is plain about it. He thought so much about this reality of life that he's given us teaching on it so that we would be equipped and that we could flourish and so that we could walk in his kingdom. Oxford Online Dictionary defines an enemy as a person who is actively opposed or hostile to someone or something. A person who is actively opposed or hostile to something or someone. My goodness. Hmm. I was thinking about several things. I'm going to keep it short. Many of us are reading right now and uh, taking 10 minutes with Holy Spirit to read the word. And right now we're in uh, Psalms. And if you don't know about that, it's basically a Bible reading plan where uh, we are believing, we're seeing and understanding that we need uh, God's word. We need God's light. We need God's truth um, every day in some form or fashion. But this thing we're doing is taking time to allow our hearts to be encountered with the word of God, God's spirit, the love of God. 
And in our readings, it's like you can't get by seeing enemies mentioned in the Psalms. <laughs> it's like, oh gosh, enemies are, we know they're real. But when you're reading the Psalms, you're just really confronted with the reality of enemies and how uh, David, by God's spirit, is having to navigate enemies. Now, we know we have spiritual enemy and we know there are such things as spiritual enemies. But our text today is not talking about that outright. It's talking about people. Talking about, I hate her, I hate him, I can't stand this person, I wish this person would die, this per that kind of thing, real stuff. This is not talking per se, just, oh, the spiritual enemies or the enemies of ignorance and all these, these you know, uh, real flesh and blood. You look at him, you say, that's my, that's my, real physical, natural enemies. And that's what Jesus is talking to us about, because he says, in order to experience the fullness of what God has, we have to be aware of this and we have to manage this the way he says to do it. He tells us outright, love them. Love your enemies. He didn't say love what they do. Some of us, it's, 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 it's hard to really think about this. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Can I, can I love them and... And, and, and not love what they do? Absolutely. So I know this is challenging, but we, hey, we, hey he said it. We, we, we're going we, to count on him and we're going to call on him for help. I like in one part of the Psalms, it reminds us in Psalm 37, 1, fret not yourself because of evildoers. Be not envious of wrongdoers. These people, these enemies who are working evil, who are do and don't be envious of the wrongdoers. Oh, some of us right now will get breakthrough if we just say, it's not my job to be worrying about all that. What you're doing, that's not my job. I can't, I can't, that's not my job. I'm driving my, I'm making myself sick. I'm driving myself crazy, worrying about all the stuff you're doing. Yeah, there's a pro, uh, an, an appropriate response. But the scripture said, inspired by Holy Spirit, God said to us, fret not. Woo -wee, I know this is challenging. Somebody actively uh, working to oppose you. And then here Jesus on the other side, the extreme, fret not. Fret not. Jesus says, and then he qualifies it. Love your enemies and what? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for. He didn't say pray about. Nothing wrong with praying about. We, we, we see those kind of moments in the scriptures where we pray about situations. Lord, that dude is driving me crazy. <laughs> That's real. And that is one of the healthy things to do with anger and frustration when it comes on knocking on your door. That's one of those healthy actions that we can do. Lord, oh, Lord, ooh. Okay, Lord, I got to talk to you about this. When I'm feeling that anger, when my enemy is coming against me, what do I do with that anger? How do I help others? You take that anger, you talk to God about it. Knowing that the next step is to talk to God and pray for them. 
thank you, Lord. Ooh, thank you, Lord. So listen, fam. Whether or not we perceive someone to be an enemy or not, our response is to pray for people. It's just a part of the kingdom call. It's a part of following Jesus. We, we, if you say, well, what do I do in this situation? Well, you got to pray for him. Enemy or not, those that you love, those that are enemies. That's what we do in following the Lord. And it's so tempting to let our flesh, let me say it this way, to let our immaturity, to let our selfishness, to let our short-sightedness determine what our action is going to be. But as kingdom people, the Lord tells us, as Jesus followers, he tells us how to advance. He said, don't be passive about loving anybody, enemy or friend. I want you to be upfront and advance in love. I want you to excel in love. <laughs> Isn't that? <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. We're going to talk about how in just a second. Because right here, he's, he's giving them. He's talking to us. Pray for. If you're going to pass through a sequence of praying about, you got to get to praying for. Can you imagine a nation, our nation, practicing the simple steps of praying about, leading into praying for? That's actually what the Lord wants for the entire world. He says, take the next step of maturity. So for some of you, for some of us, there's some situations, there's some people you've been praying about. There's some political parties you've been praying about. And your next step is to begin praying for. You've prayed enough about that. You've prayed enough about that. And nothing is happening. Nothing is happening in regards to your own growth and the steps you can actually take to be salt and be light. How are you going to be salt and light and be hating enemies? That's in essence what Jesus, that's the question that's on the table. He's like, no, wait a minute. These things don't go together. If you're going to be salt and light and advance the mission and cause of Christ, love is always required. Love is always the standard. And so the, and we, we, we get these things, because I had to do some soul searching on this. Some of you, you guys know certain parts of my story. And I was like, Lord, okay, I, and I just started doing inventory. You know, when you do messages like this, you have to do an inventory. You, I had to go through my life and think, okay, did I, okay, did, 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 okay. And then I was thinking about, well, oh, how, Lord, how? If, if this one thing happened, I, that would be, I don't know if I could do and if you're being honest, you're thinking the same thing. Or maybe some of you are there right now. You, you, you are at, at you, uh, the mention of a certain person's name or a political party's name. Or you fill in the blank, but dealing with real people, that just the mention of the name, just, it's like, you, you know, your brain just kind of just, everything just freezes. You start seeing red. 
The next step. If, if, if you're not already doing this. The scripture tells us that we're to pray always and not faint. The scripture tells us to pray for these people, certain leaders. Maybe some of you from today all the way until November 3rd, maybe what you're doing every day is praying for everybody involved in any type of political election. Not just about but praying for. How do you pray for? That means you pray for their well-being. You pray that God would bless them. This is what Jesus says to do. When people persecute you, bless them. What? Maybe that's what you're doing every day from today till November 3rd as a part of your prayers is you're praying for, not about, for all of the people involved in any political election. Lord, I pray that you would bless them where they live, work, learn, and, pr and play. Lord, I pray that you would bless them so that their marriages will flourish and that they come to know you. God, I pray that you would bless their well-being in their physical body. Lord, if they have any ailments, if there's cancer there, if there's any kind of sickness or disease, Lord, I pray that you would bless these people that we perceive as enemies or our actual enemies. That's kingdom. That's Jesus. I almost kind of feel like we're good. We have, we have way more, but I just... <laughs> How do, how do I do this? Pastor, that was real practical what you said. You said, you said pray about, pray about, take your, take your feelings, your thoughts, your research, take it all to God, talk to him about it. Let him lead you. He'll lead you in that. But you got to get to praying for. Pastor, that's real practical. I get that. Pray about, pray for. And some of you are asking, but how? You're still asking it. <laughs> You see, but I, I get what you said about the practical part, the mechanical part. But I just being honest, Pastor, I don't want to. Oh, I'm so glad that we the we have the Lord as our shepherd. I'm so glad that he when he started his teaching on Sermon on the Mount, he told us that you're going to walk in his kingdom by depending on him. I'm not going to have to call on my own resources. I'm going to call on the resource that comes, or excuse me, the source that comes from heaven. God said that whenever we would trust Jesus or call on his name and be, become a follower of him, that, Lord, I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, I have trusted the Lord Jesus. Jesus said what? I'm going to send you a helper. I'm going to send you a helper. And his name is Holy Spirit. His name, oh my goodness. I grew up in the KJV and, and just reading it for myself. And so in the, in the KJV, it's, it, it describes the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Oh my God, I thank you for sending me empowerment because I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do, but your spirit always wants to do what's right. But I thank you for your help. How, Pastor, how? That's when you got to call on the power that only comes from God. I'm so glad he's resident within me because when I'm facing hard things, I, say, I know I can't make it. All I got to do is call on my helper. Helper, help me. 
This is what Jesus has asked for. This is what Jesus has. Let me say it better than that. This is what Jesus expects. So if he's expected that, then he's going to enable me and empower me to walk it out. The good thing about Jesus is this is not one of those things that we see Jesus talking about and then we don't actually see him living. We saw him living. <laughs> this is the guy that gets up on a cross. He, he got all these enemies and he says, forgive them, Father. They don't know what they're doing. Still praying for them. Praying for them, not about them. He'd already advanced. And so then when he gives us this teaching, it's like, well, it's not like he's telling us something that he didn't stink and live. But when you trusted the Lord, you got a helper. It, God's indwelling presence, God's indwelling spirit, you got a helper. And he leads and guides you into all truth. Oh, and this is the time. This is the time to cultivate a relationship with your helper. His name is Holy Ghost. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy, break in and break through in our hearts and in our, in our minds, in our lives, our mind, will, and emotions. Break through, Holy Spirit, that we don't try to do this or pull this off in our own flesh because our flesh is weak, but we can trust you. We can lean on you. We can receive help from you. That we need your help and that we want to obey. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you know you're in the kingdom because you, you want to obey. This goes against how I was raised. This goes against all the trauma I've suffered. But God, I want to obey. Oh, my goodness. You owe you in the kingdom if you want to obey. Now, God has to help us with his spirit to walk this stuff out. But if I want to obey, woo-wee, that's a... I'm going to say it like this. I know you've been born again. Because that relationship, we've talked uh, at various times about the power of a relationship. When we're in certain types of relationships, we find ourselves changing because of the love. I want to be in this relationship, so I change. I make changes. I see things. I get your perspective, and because I love you, it shapes how I live and how I'm thinking, how I'm processing. Oh, do you have the Holy Ghost? Yes, you do. You call on the name of the Lord. You, he lives on the inside of you. He is our great how. He is our great helper. Oh, you and I were never alone. Because God's spirit lives on the inside of us. Oh, and he walks with me and he talks with me. And he tells me I am his own. My goodness. Oh, my goodness. And then it makes sense what we're going to read, what we're going to read later. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share verse 45 and, and move quickly through there. But he said... He said, I want you to love your enemies and pray for them 
And then he goes on and extends his argument even further. He's hemming them in on every side. He's hemming us in on every side. So that you may be sons of your father who is in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Thank God that he's so good that he says, you on the planet, I'm going to extend and I'm going to show you kindness. He makes his son to shine if I'm living right. He makes his son to shine if I'm living wrong. He just makes his son shine because he's good. <laughs> just because he's good. <laughs> and, oh, if we had time, we could talk about, oh, well, just because certain quote unquote blessings are covered in somebody's life does not mean that they're walking in God's approval. We'll keep going. Somebody caught it. Though. I felt it. I felt it. Romans 2, 4 says, or do you presume on the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not knowing that God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance? God, you loved me in spite of myself. You let your sun shine on me. You let me sing in the rain and I was wrong. The kindness is supposed to soften my heart and make me say, I just have to know you because when I was wrong, you loved me still. You were wholehearted in your devotion and your love toward me. I just have to know you because you kept blessing me. You kept showing me mercy. You kept showing me this. I just feel like I want to know you. And in wanting to know you, heart changes. Holy Spirit's working to turn our, to turn our hearts to the Father. Verse 46 says, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? And I want to tell you, God, God be our strength. At some point we're going to get more into all of that. The whole coronavirus stuff threw off kind of what our systematic teaching plan was, but we're, we're, we're going to move all. Into, we're not going to do it today. But what reward do you have? He asked a question. And there's layers to that answer. And we, we need to tip into that. We won't do it today. Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Jesus, what are you saying right here? Because it almost sounds like you're saying that we're supposed to do better than everybody else is doing. That, the, that Jesus' followers are called to live at a higher standard because our standard is love. And because our standard is love, our behavior should reflect what the standard is. It sounds like you're calling us to be exceptional. Is that really what, because you, you say here, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. That, that can trip you up a little bit, fam, but I, hopefully we're doing a good enough job on the context to establish for you. Jesus is not talking about perfectionism because perfectionism is sin. Perfectionism is rooted in what? Pride and fear. That's not what Jesus is talking about when he mentions perfect. He's talking about, I want you to model your life after me. He said sons and fathers, like father, like son. You've heard that expression? Like father, like son. So that means like 
Now, I'm God, I'm the Father, and you see me showing and giving from my heart this generous, what some people, theologians, would call common grace. We talked about it two years ago, where I'm allowing the sun to shine and the rain to fall on everybody, regardless of enemy, evildoer, this, that, or the other. You, in the same way, I want you to be like me. I want you to show love. And in showing the love of God, because we've seen the love of God and we have received the love of God. He says, you're supposed to be, oh, there we go again, salt and light. You're going to make everything better because you are operating from a heart and understanding of God's love. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. In our praying for Everybody. Earlier we talked about everybody who's in political elections right now. Oh, my goodness. These people, whoever they are, regard all these different people. I don't know everybody who's running yet, but all of them. That requires so much. That requires so much courage and bravery. If you agree with them or not, it just requires so much because with how crazy the world is. Jesus has positioned his church to be blessings, blessors. Hey, I want you to pray into their well-being. Because as that's happening, multiple things are happening. One, they're going to experience me. They're going to know me. Two, hating other people is not good for you, Jesus follower. It's not good for me, Pastor Dennis. It's not good for you to hate nobody. You can't have no enemies because hate will hurt, will shut you down. It will destruct, cause destruction and shut down parts of our lives when we hate. So he loves us. We understand that. And he says, this is how you walk in the kingdom. Jesus says, I am the standard. This love, this love, this love. That people would experience God's redemption as we have. Ooh, hallelujah. I'm, in, I'm with you guys. I'm trucking with you. I'm in that chat room with you. You guys are blessing me. We have responsibility to know what is this teaching? How am I applying it? How am I cultivating a relationship with Holy Spirit to call on that type of help? How am I equipping my circles to call on the Lord like this, to know Holy Spirit, and to walk out what the Lord says he wants in loving our enemies and praying for, praying for enemies and praying for people. While we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God, Jesus died for us. Christ died for us to make us lovers of God. You're hearing this and you're like, Pastor, I need to know Jesus like that. Yes and amen, we all do, and we continue to press in that way. But if you're making a decision for the first time today, let us know. I'm following Jesus. I see that he is the way. I'm trusting him and him alone. I want his leadership to determine what the rest of my life looks like. Let us know. That means you're making him your savior and your Lord. 
Some of us are here like, Pastor, I've been, I've been a, a Jesus follower for a long time. And there's some people, Pastor, I'm just being honest with you. I hate them. I hate, I just hate them. Well, you know what you got to do? You got to repent. That's your next step, repent. God, that's not how you see people. I am knowing you, I am learning you, and I want to see the way that you see. When I see these different people on TV or on the news or I read their names, I want to feel about them the way that you do. So do a heart transplant in me. <laughs> we just repent. <laughs> That's continually what our journey of walking with Jesus is, is repentance after repentance after repentance after repentance. Oh, now I know better. I'm going to do better, Lord. With your help, by your spirit. If you did give your life to the Lord today, you said, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I'm going to follow him the rest of my days and onto and into eternity. And you haven't been water baptized. This is one of the ways that Jesus says to acknowledge this relationship, to acknowledge his leadership in your life, in our life. And I want to invite you, um, if you are able to just register and let us know, hey, I'm going to be water baptized this upcoming Saturday. And if you're like, I need to be water baptized, but pastor, I'm not ready to, to even be around anybody right now. Let us know that too, because we have some creative solutions for you as well. We want to walk with you in doing what God has said in obeying God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that while we were yet sinners, while we were yet enemies of God, you sent Jesus to die for us. You told us through the sacrifice of your son how you really felt about us, what you really see when you look at us because you see the sacrifice of your son. Oh, Lord, that we would all be a people who are seeing one another, seeing our world, seeing political um, uh, officials, seeing people who are running for office, seeing people who are enemies, seeing them the way that you do. Give us that heart transplant. Give us that heart transplant. We need it. We're calling on your spirit. This is what you've asked us to do. And we know that as we trust you, you're going to continue this work, this cleansing work, this perfecting work, and you're going to receive glory from it. Other people are going to know you because that love of Christ is actually working in us. We drop our stones to accuse others. We drop those stones. We drop prejudices. We drop these biases. And we just come before you and say that we need you ourselves, ourselves. And as we recognize and give thanks for how you've loved us, we extend it to other people. Help us to continue to be that people, making a real difference where we live, work, learn, and play. A real difference as your salt and your light that your kingdom come, that your will be done in greater measure, in greater measure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.